The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Friday, October 16th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. More and more humans these days have an extra artery. The 2020 Tony Award nominations and the very strange case of Mr. Aaron Tveits. A calculator that will tell you how much time you're wasting in your day not listening to podcasts. And the Flaming Lips have a plan to bring concerts back responsibly. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. A new study in the Journal of Anatomy shows that humans have been growing an extra artery in our arms, the latest indication that we are indeed evolving. To be more specific, we're not so much growing an extra artery as more and more people are keeping what's called the median artery, instead of it regressing at around eight weeks gestation. The median artery in humans is a third artery used in the womb to transport blood to our growing hands. There have always been some people who retain the median artery, but for most people, it vanishes before they're born. But in analyzing data kept since at least the 19th century, we can see that the prevalence of people who grow to adulthood with a median artery has gone from about 10% in the 1880s to 30% of people born in the late 20th century. To dive further into this noted trend, a team out of the University of Adelaide examined the limbs of 80 bodies from people who had passed away between the ages of 51 and 101, putting them all solidly born in the first half of the 20th century. Their findings were consistent with the uptick in prevalence, and the researchers speculate that the median artery presence could be caused by a mutation on genes involved in artery development or some type of health problem during pregnancy or potentially both. And it's worth noting that having the median artery or not doesn't seem to affect one's health in a major way. Quoting Science Alert, A persistent median artery could give dexterous fingers or strong forearms a dependable boost of blood long after we're born. Yet having one also puts us at a greater risk of carpal tunnel syndrome. End quote. Despite that risk of carpal tunnel, it does seem like nature is selecting for the median artery for some reason that scientists are still trying to uncover. Evolutionary change is exceptionally slow, so it's always fascinating to find very small hints at ways that humans might be changing en masse over the generations. But scientists note that this change, if the numbers are correct, is actually really fast. Anatomist Tegan Lucas, one of the scientists involved in the study, said, quote, If this trend continues, a majority of people will have median artery of the forearm by 2100. End quote. The Tony Award nominees were announced yesterday. The award ceremony itself usually happens in June, but was of course canceled due to the pandemic. The Broadway season was also cut short, meaning that the shows eligible for awards this year had to have opened before February 19th, instead of the usual April cutoff. That meant that very few shows were even eligible. 
In fact, the Washington Post points out there are more categories this year than eligible shows at 25 to 18. And it did result in a few strange occurrences. The strangest, in the category for lead actor in a musical, there is only one nominee, Aaron Tveit, for his role in Moulin Rouge. And my big question was not whether he automatically gets the award. He must receive 60% of the vote of ballots cast to win, so technically he could still lose. But no, my question was whether there were other actors who were also eligible but didn't get nominated. And listener, there was. Because the season was cut short, there were only four new musicals eligible. Two of those, Jagged Little Pill and Tina, the Tina Turner musical, did not have lead actors, which is kind of a cool development in terms of gender parity. The third new musical was Moulin Rouge, for which Aaron Tveit is nominated, and the fourth was The Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical, starring Chris McCarroll as Percy, which is a lead actor if I've ever heard of one. The character's name is literally in the title. And, I mean, I, I get it, you can't just be nominated simply for being the only other lead actor eligible, but at the same time, when you're the only other lead actor eligible, it has got to sting to not be nominated. You know, not because the competition was fierce and there were no other slots left, but because the nominating committee didn't think you even deserved a shot at going head-to-head with one other actor. Like, I don't know, at least give him the courtesy of a nomination, even if you know Tveit is going to win. Although that said, The Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical, didn't pick up a single Tony nomination. Again, despite there being less new musicals than ever before, or at least in a very long time. For example, it was the only new musical with original music. Since Jagged Little Pill is based on the works of Alanis Morissette, Tina, the Tina Turner musical, is obviously based on Tina Turner's music, and Moulin Rouge is based on the 2001 Baz Luhrmann movie. And yet, no nomination there either. Instead, for the very first time ever, the category of Best Score is filled entirely with plays. No musicals. The Percy Jackson musical sure is getting a bad rap. I mean, I would go see it. I read the books when the movie came out. They're pretty good. The author, Rick Riordan, is an awesome guy. And Gen Z seems to freaking love Percy Jackson. I mean, this was clearly in the same bucket as Disney musicals, where the producers knew they'd get families excited to see it no matter what. Unfortunately, at least according to critics, who I'm a little bit skeptical of, the show did not seem to live up to the Disneys of the Broadway world. One New York Times reviewer described it as seeming like it was written by whiny teenagers and saying it was, quote, stranded in the contradictions of its ambition, end quote. So yeah, critics aren't huge fans of the Percy Jackson musical, and that's fine, but I would not want to be Chris McCarroll, the actor who plays Percy today. You know, it's bad enough to suspect that your nomination or win only happened because a pandemic lessened the playing field this year but quite another to not even make that cut. And in case you're curious, we still don't know when the Tony Awards will be, and Broadway remains officially closed until June of 2021, but probably longer. If you're listening to this right now, then you're already on board with podcasts, but maybe you find yourself wishing you had more time to listen to more podcasts. Well, a website called The Podcast Calculator is here to help. 
Simply input how much time you spend traveling or commuting, doing household chores, exercising, or other activities, and the website will tell you exactly how much time in your day you could be listening to podcasts. You can also tell the calculator on average what length of podcasts you would like to listen to and how closely you might pay attention to the podcast. Then it will not only tell you how much what they call dead time you have per week, per month, and per year, but it also calculates just how many episodes you could be listening to each week, month, and year. According to the website, quote, There are many minutes in our day when we are doing something but not really doing anything actively. This is known as dead time, and believe us, we all have loads of it. Sitting on a bus to get somewhere, cleaning the house, or walking the dog are just a few tiny examples where all your time could just disappear. Fortunately, it isn't so hard to turn dead time into something more active. Podcasts can help you take a break from challenging infinite scrolls on social media, staring at a screen for hours. In short, it shifts the strain off your eyes while you still get to experience gripping content. End quote. And in case you want to share this with someone you've been trying to convince to listen to podcasts, they also include a helpful guide about what podcasts are, recommend a few podcast apps, and also share a few podcasts to get started with. The Podcast Calculator is brought to you by Omni Calculator, a site with over a thousand calculators for everyday quandaries, some more useful than others. You know, there are classic calculators like for BMI and bra size, but also how much time you could spend reading books if you weren't on social media, or how many times a day you could listen to Despacito if you weren't on social media. And how many eggs to hatch in Pokemon Go to lose a certain amount of weight and how much you should be social distancing according to your location and risk levels. I wouldn't lean too heavily on some of these calculators for accuracy, but it's definitely a fun way to waste some time when I could be listening to podcasts. So it's long been a staple of visually chaotic Flaming Lips shows for frontman Wayne Coyne to get in one of those big plastic bubbles at some point during the show, often rolling out into the audience to kind of crowd surf from safely within the bubble. And when I say big plastic bubble, I'm talking about those Zorb kind of ones, you know, like six or seven feet in diameter, transparent. Sometimes they're at carnivals and events so people can race and roll around in them. Yeah, Wayne Coyne loves those. He even got married inside of one last fall. Both he and his wife were together inside of one giant one. And in June, Coyne and the rest of the band took it a step further. Not only did he get the rest of the band inside their own bubbles on stage and have them stay there the whole time, but he got the entire audience their own bubbles for an appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. AV Club called it, quote, "...the world's safest COVID-era performance." And now, just a couple days ago, the Flaming Lips tried the stunt out on a slightly larger scale at Coyne's hometown theater, the Criterion, in Oklahoma City. About a hundred people piled into bubbles for what was apparently both a music video shoot and a test run for continuing to do this for subsequent shows. While Coyne says it started as kind of a bit, they're seriously considering it as one possible solution for, quote, the future of live music. A commenter on Instagram brought up a great point, however. How does one use the restroom when you're stuck in one of those bubbles, packed in tightly amongst those other bubbles? It's a fair question, but, I mean, haven't you heard? It's 2020. We don't use the restroom anymore. 
There are no more restrooms. We drink and dine outside and aren't allowed inside anywhere to use the facilities. Holding it for several hours while consuming several pints of liquid is just what we do now. Coin did address this, however, or at least acknowledge it, telling Jambase, quote, The part that we're trying to get down is what does the crowd do about going to the bathroom and getting drinks? We don't want this to be a super spreader event like that Smash Mouth concert. We want this to be safe and a great experience. Those are the things the venue is allowing us to set up so that we can start to figure out how it will work. The part about playing in the bubble, we already have down. It's how we get the crowd in and out without cross-contamination that we need to figure out. End quote. If they can work out the logistics, I suppose this could be a viable option for concert going in some instances for some people. I mean, it looks fun for a few songs, and I'm definitely in favor of having my own space, you know, not having to worry about knocking elbows with other people or someone spilling their beer all over me. But staying in that bubble for an entire concert feels like a lot. I'll leave you with one slightly eerie quote from Coyne's interview with Jambase. Quote, When I talked about the space bubble in the past, previous to this time, I'd tell people, I've come from the future in this space bubble. Now, I don't even think I should say that because it sounds too real, too bizarre, end quote. So yeah, Wayne Coyne's subconscious might have predicted the pandemic. That is it for this week. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go calculate what social distancing risks I could take if I went everywhere in a big plastic bubble. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Monday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.